so hi welcome to good noise podcast i'm shane i'm glory and we're here with my name is jacob kulik and my project is kulik spelled k-u-l-i-c-k oh yeah <laughs> all right ask him some questions today about his new album everyone i know will die so congrats on that by the way how do you feel about the responses so far really really good i was really nervous because this the album i mean like every album is personal but this one was super personal and i wasn't sure if anyone was going to get it whatsoever but uh yeah everyone has really liked it so far super stoked oh yeah it's very good as, as we were should. telling you before this it's very good yeah yeah, very, yeah thank you guys thank you guys yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> uh, so is there any meaning behind the album title or cover art yeah so um I made this song, Everyone I Know Will Die, before I decided that it would be the the, the, the actual title of the album. Um, and I just realized that's kind of what the whole record is about. So I, I said to April and Kevin Eisenman, the two people I've basically been working on this record with, I just said, I think I'm just going to call it Everyone I Know Will Die. And they were like, dude, that's what you have to do. And I was kind of joking when I said it. And then I was like, all right, I think I'm actually going to do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then for the album artwork, that's actually a photo taken in front of a funeral home in the town I'm living in currently. And then April photoshopped all the letters. So like the name of the company was like whatever it was, it was like Mullen Man or something like that. And she took the letters and re-photoshopped everything to spell everyone and then we'll die and put all the K's and everything in there. That's so, super cool. That's so cool. Like a week and a half, like she, she worked really hard on it. And yeah, like we took two photos because I, I, we took the photo, I was in the middle of the street and then there was a better photo of the funeral home. So she photoshopped me in front of it, but they're both two real photos and then they're just manipulated. So she's super talented at that among a million other things, but especially that, yeah. That's super wow, cool. Dedication. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so can you tell us a little about your writing process for this album? <laughs> yeah, so there wasn't much of one because like I said, it was such a personal record. It was very <sighs> time crunched because Basically, my partner, who's April, uh, was uh, in the hospital, in and out of the hospital for the last year, super sick, uh, started randomly having seizures. She was diagnosed with epilepsy, oh. her story, which I'm not going to talk about because I want her to use that and be able to talk about that for her music as well. But so I wanted to make an album and uh, I... I had to keep going to the hospital once a month and basically just be her caretaker because she would come to for a little bit and then she'd be like really down and depressed for two weeks about a third week slowly would get better and then she would have an episode again the fourth week mm-hmm. uh, so I basically was writing these crazy emotional emotionally charged songs to I, I wasn't even trying to write a record. I'm not going to, not going to lie. Like I was just writing random stuff. And then I messaged Kevin Eisenman, who's a close friend to me and a very close friend to April. And I was just like, dude, if I send you some ideas and demos, would you want to produce it a little bit with me and then send it back to me and I'll finish it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. I wrote all these songs besides two of them like that. Um, where, like I said, it was just high stress. I was trying to get through something that I had no idea how to get through. And um, I didn't realize how serious it was. And every time I was in the hospital, I was seeing people like crying out in pain and dying and all these other things. And I was like, holy shit, like I got to I got to do something therapeutic here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I ended up writing the whole basically the whole record like that. And then uh, Kevin Eisenman, like I said, he's a super talented producer. I was sending him like 
you know, the, the structure of the song and the chords and my guitars, and then he would basically re-record some of the guitars, make them more cleaner, keep some of mine, uh, throw in his ideas, send it back to me, and then I would finish it up. Wow. Right. I uh, I like how like therapeutic the album was and like how absolutely none of it was forced because as you said you weren't like planning to write an album or anything and it definitely comes off that way it's very mm -hmm. very genuine when you listen to it yeah no I know I knew I needed an album but I didn't know if what I was writing was good at all is, is basically where I was at with it like all I see is red was like one of the first ones I wrote for the record and that whole song was like me bawling my eyes out while running like a three mile run because I didn't know what to do to cope with anything and I was just like writing in my notepad while like sprinting up this like overpass and I was just like all I see is red I don't know what I'm doing like like I was panicking so that whole song mm -hmm. was just a panic attack and I was like all right I have no idea if this is good but here is song number one of what I'm gonna try to do mm -hmm. you know and I did I did clearly try to write an alternative pop record I mm -hmm. wanted it to be pop but I wanted it to go you know because that was something that it seems to be something that people are relating to right now and it's music I used to love so much and I was like I would fit here so well and love to and I did it in Yelling in a Quiet Neighborhood as well. I did it with mm -hmm. The Way I Am. That was like the first song, The Way I Am, that I was like, okay, that song sounds like what this new record I think is going to sound like. So it yeah. was definitely it was definitely purposeful. Okay. Perfect. Uh, yeah. So I want you to tell us your favorite lyric off this album and the meaning behind it. Oh, there's a lot of really good lyrics in this one. Um, I have say goodbye and kiss goodnight because everyone you know will die, which is obviously self-explanatory. But I think my favorite is the first verse of everyone I know will die, which is what a sick joke standing on a planet that's dying just as fast as it's flying into oblivion. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Christ, dude. <laughs> oh my God. It sounds so dark and terrible, but in the pop uh, realm of how I made that song, it's okay. But just even reciting it like that, it's just like that's that's one of my favorite ones that because i was just like so fed up with everything when i wrote that mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah all right um so you, you did touch on this a little bit but if you'd like to go in uh more in depth you can uh where is your headspace at while you're writing this album yeah i can go a little more in depth uh, uh depth with that um yeah it was definitely desperation definitely anxiety um uh, moments of it, it was basically like I needed to be my own like champ to to get me through it so I was writing motivational songs but the verses were like here's what's really happening and the choruses was like but I'm gonna get through it somehow and I didn't even really believe it in a lot of the times that I was writing it and now that I'm finally through that a little bit and talking about it I'm like okay that did that worked like it totally worked so yeah, I, 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 I'm very negative, I find, and pessimistic. So I like trying to have some positive spin in the choruses in almost every song. I like that. All right. And did those happen naturally? Or did you kind of look back on the songs like, oh, God, these are a little bit darker than I expected. And like, okay, let's put let's make the choruses a bit brighter. Uh, I'm a pop guy, like at heart. So I know that in order for something to I uh, want to be used for something, say like commercials or whatever, or even mm -hmm. for people listening to it. Usually you need something a little uplifting and people like the uplifting anthem type of songs. Mm -hmm. uh, so I always try to stay within that. Um, 
I haven't really ever dabbled with like just keeping it completely negative the whole song and the in the chorus because I, I it scares me to do that yeah. <laughs> like like not not just as a product but just like as as for me mentally because I'm doing it to try to get myself out of a rut so like yeah. the verses are nice and then I start to feel better and I'm like okay maybe I can be better you know like it kind of just happens oh. like that okay. you know. Oh, I like that a lot. That makes me happy. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> so how do you recommend your fans to listen to this album for the first time? Should they play it in the car with friends in the dark with headphones on? Should they blast at a party? What do you personally recommend? Definitely not at a party. Yeah. <laughs> Bring the mood right down. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not at a party. Um, I love listening to it when I'm running or working out like that. It's, it's, it's totally a, it's a, it's a fueling album. I think it's a very good car record. I've listened to it many times in the car. Mm-hmm. I think it's one you listen to by yourself for mm-hmm. sure. And then maybe after a listen or two, you can pick a song or two to show somebody because they're, they're very personal like that. I feel like, like, I feel like if, if I can take myself out of it, if I was listening to the record, I would feel like I'm, I would have to listen to it by myself and then I can kind of pick and choose one or two of, you know, I know this friend might like this kind of song. Whereas if you're listening to the whole thing, it's a little too deep to just kind of like put it on in the background while you're like with friends. I don't think, I think besides the people I know don't like me, that one's super poppy and earwormy. I don't think that one needs to, uh, that, that one, that one's fine, but the rest. <laughs> yeah, All for right. sure. Uh, so this question should be super super quick off the top of your head i want you to describe this album album for new listeners in three words no more no less panic anxiety death there you go <laughs> there you go perfect perfect that was quick it's definitely too. all that yeah yeah okay uh so all is there a... for each other yeah wait one more time so they're, all, they're all synonyms of each other panic oh. anxiety and death perfect yeah <laughs> Uh, so is there a certain feeling or emotion you want this album to invoke in your listeners? Uh, definitely not a closure feeling. Um, I don't want them to feel freaked out. I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to raise questions in people. Like I don't think people think enough or acknowledge the fact that they're going to die and that their loved ones are going to die. And I think that, you know, even, even with the COVID stuff, I don't think it happened. The, the click didn't happen of like thinking about it every day to kind of have appreciation and gratitude. And I really hope that people can listen to it and kind of think about, oh yeah, that's right. Like, like maybe don't push it off. Like don't push off thinking about it today just because you panic every time you think about it. Cause that's what I used to do. And then mm-hmm. I realized if I think about it a little bit more, I usually feel a little more grateful. It, it's scary as well, but I would hope that they would think about that, especially with the album title. That's what I wanted it to be. I want it to be shocking of like, you know, and I want to make sure that people listen to it to know the substance in it, because it sounds just like a title that, you know, any emo band I feel like would release to kind of sound edgy. Like I'm not trying to be mm-hmm. edgy. Like I'm trying to just be honest here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you want them basically just kind of come to terms with it to come to terms with it and, and, um, acknowledge it like at least once a day, like, cause I, and not in a negative way, like, uh, you know, this is all temporary and I, I'm, I'm not here forever and they're not here forever. So I should take a deep breath and enjoy what I'm doing in the moment. And I, it's, it's even for me, it's a very, it's a very, uh, it's very much like a Buddhism type of, 
thing and spirituality thing that I have going on that what I'm discovering, I'm reading books about it, everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to bring that type of mentality to other people because it's benefited me and I think it could benefit them. Oh, okay. It's very nice. Um, yeah. So picture this, you're on tour, you're at a gas station for a rest stop. What is your snack of choice? Oh man, it would be a tasty cake. Do you know what a tasty cake is? Yes. Yes. No. <laughs> no. Okay. It's a brand of like, uh, like cupcakes, like coffee cakes mm-hmm. or chocolate juniors. Mm-hmm. That would be my old choice, but I'm eating better now. No, nah. I know. I'm doing really, really good. I'm doing really good because my sugar has been so bad my whole entire life, and I'm turning 30 in April, believe it or not. So I'm like, all right, I gotta gotta get this under control. So mm-hmm. that would have been my old choice. My new choice, I'd probably just get like, what do I normally get when I go there? No, I still cheat when I drive. I exactly. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't count on the road. It doesn't count. Yeah. yeah, you're going on. You're going out, and then you're performing. So you're you're working off all the calories that you're putting mm-hmm. in from whatever true. shit. So it's okay that to cheat. Exactly. And you can't it's trust the gas station fruit anyway. So no, I've yeah. gotten hot dogs before, and I've had very bad problems before and after shows, and not not good. No. <laughs> Did you just say hot dogs? You you got hot yeah, dogs? Yeah, like the hot dogs on the on the slow rollers. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't go to those, but they're usually like six for a dollar. So I'm like, all right. Oh my god. So that was the appealing part, not that like. It was like yeah. starting to like yellow on the outside. And they've been rolling there for maybe a couple months. Yeah. <laughs> the last time you went there on the last tour, that same hot dog was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Very possible. Very possible. Some yeah. of the places we stop at, very possible. Oh, God. Uh, so, on the topic of food, if the project was a dish, what dish would Kulik be? My project or the album? Your project. Oh, man. What food would it be? Mm-hmm. I think it would be sushi only because there's a little bit of everything all rolled up in the same. I don't, I'm trying to think of how to explain this not visually, <laughs> you know, like there's multiple ingredients, but like overall the package, you know, I try to put, I try to put different things in the song and then package together. So that's why. And I love sushi. Sushi is sushi is. So I want sushi. Yeah. I, I just had sushi yesterday. So completely agree. I had it a couple of days ago and I was only supposed to, I'm having this new thing where I try to only eat out once a month mm-hmm. and that was the second time. So another cheat. Yeah. Well, sushi doesn't count. It's okay. There you go. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. But I, would I mean, avoid, it's healthy. I would avoid the gas station sushi. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's common knowledge, right? <laughs> Just put it out there for anybody who was thinking about it. Yeah. Don't. I, yeah. I understand. I'll do it. <laughs> I understand it looks tempting. Don't touch it though. Um, so for the last couple of questions, we're going to shift completely away from music. Uh, so if you could be one animal for the rest of your life, what animal would you be and why? Ooh, probably a bird. Um, and just because I want to fly, I feel like fly- I would be a hummingbird specifically. Um, they live not that long. So that kind of part kind of sucks, but they, uh, they're like super intriguing to me and their wing, like their, uh, their wings flap so fast and they're able to fly really fast. They're the only bird to be able to fly backwards. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, oh very cool. Yeah. yeah so I, w- I would say a hummingbird and they live in warm climates. So that'd be nice too. So you'd be able to fly around in the sun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. Thinking about it. All right. <laughs> so if you could have lunch with any celebrity or artist dead or alive, who would it be and why? It would be Tom Petty. Um, Tom Petty is my biggest inspiration and always has been. 
before he died, even when like all of a sudden it was a talking, to- uh, talking topic. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and I would definitely want to write, talk to him because his songwriting process and he has a lot of parallels with my life, uh, with his upbringing. So I think it'd be really cool to chat with him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for this last question, boom, you're on a desert island. You can bring one movie, one person, and one album. Who and what are you bringing? Oh, man. I'm definitely bringing April. One album. Tom Petty's greatest hits. Okay. Definitely, we both listen to him, so we wouldn't kill each other. There you go. We don't really watch movies, so I'm trying to think of what movie I would bring. I'd probably bring Dodgeball. It makes us laugh. Oh, oh mm-hmm. right. so, yeah, suck at McFloor. <laughs> Solid picks. All right. Um, well, as I said, that's all the questions we have today. Is, is there anything that you would like to plug? Not really. Go check out Everyone I Know Will Die. I have physical CDs as well uh, on my merch uh, website. My website is official, K-U-L-I-C-K, official.com. I'm on all the social media, but try not to be on it too much. And that's it. All right. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, well, thank you for now. That's been Kulik, and we have been the Good Noise Podcast. <laughs>